Shake them chains. Hallelujah. The luncheon is this Sunday, right after church. If you hadn't signed up to bring something, it, the list is on the table. Make sure you sign up to bring something so we don't all bring pea salad and have pea salad Thanksgiving lunch. Amen. I'm sure it'd be good, but we'd like to have a little taters and maybe some beans. Amen. Okay, here we are, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 tonight. This is part 4 of a series that I find myself in titled, That We Might Know. That We Might Know. The Lord has us ministering this message because if you don't know, you won't experience. And the Lord wants us to know what we have and be sure of what we have he wants us to be sure of who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ. Sure, I mean sure. Sure. We doubt too much. We doubt and talk about doubting too much. We, we, we've been given all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. You are, you are not running short on anything. You're not lacking. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. Amen. So let's read this verse, and it's our springboard scripture, if you will. Again, this is part four that we might know. 1 Corinthians 2 and 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You know as well as I do because of the church you're sitting in and the other churches that you're associated with in fellowship that when you hear somebody offering you something and you have to do something for it, I'm not being ugly, but they're lying. Even if they don't know they are, it still doesn't change that that's a lie because we can't work to be saved. We can't work to get delivered. We can't work to mature, we received everything actually that we need when we were born again. Because the Bible says in Christ, and that's where you were placed when you were saved, you're complete. Sister Lindsay quoted the verse. We're complete in Him. That, that doesn't mean we're working to be complete in Him. We started complete in Him. We began complete. God set our feet in a work that was already finished. We're not here to finish nothing. We run in a race that's already been run for us and won for us by the Savior. Hallelujah. But there's so much doubt in the church today, and I've shared it already, but you got Christians running around, and somebody will catch them off guard and, 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 and tell them, well, you know, if you wasn't baptized in Jesus' name only, or if you didn't do this or you didn't do that, and because they're so unscripturally knowledged, they don't know. You got to know. You got to know. If you don't know, they'll have you out there in the water tank thinking you're trying to get it right by something you're doing now. You're, you're finally going to get it right now. No, Jesus got it right at Calvary. I'm not going to make nothing right. He already made me right at Calvary 2,000 years ago. So we can know the things that are freely given to us of God. You know that. Amen. You're not working to get anything. 
They'll tell you if you'll give a little bit of money that you can have this or that. You know, and then they'll start speaking in tongues. That lets me know their tongues ain't of God. Everything God's offered his people, there's a forfeit or a counterfeit. I'm sorry. There's the word. Old country boy struggles. Counterfeit. Everything God's given his people, there's a counterfeit. You're not going to get up there and tell me I can give $10 and buy some water that come out of a certain little oil, a little oil that come out of a river, and and I'm going to get God to pay all my bills and then start speaking in tongues. No, you ain't hearing from God, and that ain't the tongues of the Lord. There's a fake everything. Amen. There's a fake everything. Amen. So we receive freely of the Lord. We receive freely of the Lord. We receive salvation freely because it was already what? Purchased. You can't buy something that's already been paid for. How about that? What a thought. You can't pay for something somebody else done paid for. Only a be nice idiot would do that. He's already paid for your meal. So what? I'm paying too. No. No, you're not paying. You know, you can pay for your sins. You know that? But you'll do it in the lake of fire for eternity because they've already been paid for. You've already been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. The knowledge of Christ, and that's what we're really going to focus on is this knowledge that we have to have. The New Testament says a lot about knowledge. Knowledge. You must know some things. Paul would say several times, no, you're not. Because if you don't know, then you're not going to be able to have what he's teaching there. Amen. How many years did we suffer because we didn't know? Now we do know, and we want everybody to know. Amen. It's kind of like when you smoke for 30 years and you quit, and then you start telling the people, don't you know him will kill you? <laughs> Amen. It's just like the same happens to us. We get the truth of how to live in victory, and we start telling folk, Amen. I can tell you how to be free of all that. Amen. The knowledge of Christ results in the experience of Christ in the believing heart. The knowledge of Christ results in the experience of Christ in the believing heart. We cannot grow if we're not learning. We're not growing at night when we're sleeping. You don't wake up having grown overnight. We grow as we learn. Paul was given the great revelation of how to live in victory through Christ Jesus when he was in the experience of not being able to and crying out to God. God gave him the knowledge to change his experience so he could express Christ. Amen. And so we cannot grow if we're not learning. If you're not learning, how can you grow? You have to be learning, and to learn, you have to have your faith in the cross of Christ. Jesus said, I think it's Luke 14, 26, and 27, if you don't bear your cross, you can't learn. You can't be my disciple. That word means learner. can't learn. You're done learning when you put the cross down. Well, let me change that. Let me be a little more scripturally correct. You're not done learning, but you're done learning that results in the truth. They are ever learning, and you don't stop learning when you put the cross down. You just stop learning that results in the truth. Everybody's learning something. All Christians are learning something. 
But those who have their eyes on the Lamb, hearts yielded to the sacrifice of Christ, they're learning the truth in the way that James wrote about it as the law that brings them to liberty. Amen. So if we're learning and growing, we are sharing with our lives and our words. What is changing us, what is growing us, it is, it's, it's, it's evident. When you plant something, when it's growing, my Lord, look, it's grown. Your kids, they're growing. You see them growing. Amen. You don't, and you don't recognize the growth of your own children like somebody that hadn't seen them in about half a year. Kids show up, my, my, you grew a foot. Amen. The parents know they're growing, but not like we do. Wow. Here's some questions I wrote down for this evening. Do I know Christ? Do I know I need to know Christ? And I'm talking about Christians. Paul said that I may know him. He already knew him. Do you as a Christian know that you need to know Christ? That, that, that's talking about do you need, do you know you need to be walking in the experiential knowledge of Christ? Because when you're learning, there's fruit there to show you're learning. You can stand over all day and tell me you know how to ride a bicycle. Uh, well, I don't know if you do or not till you get on it and start pedaling. Amen. You know, when you go to church, it's only part, learning is, you're only partly in the learning process by sitting in these chairs and in pews. You hear what you need, and if you're hearing right, you'll see what you need to see, and then you'll go out there and you'll get on that bicycle and try to ride it so to speak. Do I want to know Christ? And again, Christian, I already know Christ. No, do you want to know him more experientially? Am I rejecting the knowledge of Christ? Because if I'm not seeking the knowledge of Christ, I am rejecting the increase that the knowledge of Christ could bring. Amen. If I am receiving slash believing the scriptural knowledge of Christ, I'm being encouraged and conformed into his image. And rivers of living water are issuing from my innermost being. Jesus said, you believe on me as the scriptures has said, out of your bellies, out of your innermost being, rivers of living water will flow. And see, there, man, there ain't many folk in the church got that going on. Amen. You can have rivers of living water flowing from your innermost being if you believe on Jesus as the Scriptures have said. Amen. This is not something that we could have. This is something that we've freely been offered by the Lord if we will believe on Him. On Him. On Him. Not any other thing. On Him. Believe on Him as a scripture. Not any other thing. He didn't say if you believe on this, that, and the other. If you believe on me, as the scriptures have said, out of your innermost being, rivers of water will flow. He didn't say if you believe this, and you believe that. You, if you believe on Him, as the scriptures have said. What has the scripture said about Him? What's the scriptures all about? The redemption plan of God, who He is as a redeemer. That's what, makes the, that's what makes him the living word that lives in your heart. Amen. Let's look at another verse tonight, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 
2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Now, these verses, we've read them a thousand and one times, but I'm just asking the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth and grace tonight, to just reach in and, and just nudge our spirit with this truth tonight just a little bit. Just to turn the light on just a little bit tonight with these truths. The Bible here tells us to grow in grace. Do you know you can't grow anywhere else? You can't grow without grace. We talked a little bit recently about Paul writing to Timothy and telling Timothy, and Timothy needed to hear this, okay? Just like you and I do at times. Be strong, not in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Y'all know where that's at in the Bible, right? Let's look at it. Is it 2 Timothy chapter 2? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1? Yes, my goodness, there it is. Just happened to be there in my Bible, glory to God. You know I'm a Bible preacher, right? Get you a Bible, read the Bible, study the Word. Look here at what Paul tells Timothy, and it's really the Lord telling, telling Timothy through Paul and us as well. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Everything you need, including you, is in Christ Jesus. You're in Christ. Peter would say, be found in peace. See, everything that you need is in Christ where you are, but you have to find your place in grace, in peace, in faith, in everything that's in Christ. You have to be in that. Because the Bible says, and we won't go there, I, I get too, uh, it's not what I came to talk about, but 2 Corinthians 13, 4 says you're weak in Christ. You're weak in Christ, but there's grace in Him that if you get in that grace, you'll find the strength of God. And you'll be able to grow because you can't grow unless you get in that grace. And when the Bible teaches in peace, in grace, in anything that God is offering us through Christ, he's talking about our faith in the cross, our hearts yielded to that sacrifice because that's what allowed you to be in and to experience everything that is in your Savior. You don't just get to experience peace just because, or grace. I was reading a little article recently. I don't even know who the man was. I just was looking up something on Google, and there's one of them dumb things. And 99.9% uh, .9 of everything you look at spiritually on Google is not right. And they were talking about you do this to get grace, that communion gives you grace, and doing this gives you. Not, nothing I do gives me grace. Grace is another free thing. It's free. The Bible tells us that we're saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. Amen. But it's the gift of God. So the only way we can be strong in Christ is if we're strong in the grace that's in Christ. The only way we can grow in Christ is if we're in the grace that's in Christ and and. and the church doesn't know this, and I know you do, but I always have to say it for the sake of the people who find us online. Grace only comes from Calvary. 
Not just when you get born again. It only comes from that place even a hundred years after you've been born again. Jesus is the one who tasted death by the grace of God so that we could, through faith in Him, experience that there's not a different grace. We know that because the Bible says grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's His grace. It's His knowledge. It's the knowledge of Him. It's the grace of Christ. Remember, we have nothing that's not of Him. It's His grace. So here in 2 Peter 3 and 18, we're told to grow in grace. You can't grow outside of grace. And if the church doesn't know what grace is, they're not growing. You can get on and have a big entertainment show. You can present yourself well. Without the cross, that's what's being done, a presentation of self. That's all it is. Without the cross, all that's left is self. Jesus didn't say, if you're going to come after me, you've got to deny this, 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 oh yeah, and self. No, he just said self. Because self includes all that other stuff. If your faith is not in the cross, your faith is in yourself. That's why I say it and I stand by it. If a preacher don't bring the message of the cross to the pulpit, he's only shaking in the rattling of the chains of the sin nature. That's all he can do. He can put on a good show and prophesy and do all these things, but it's nothing but a presentation of self, exalting self. That's what self will do if the cross is put aside. And it can have a, a, a religious tint to it. It can have a religious show to it. Amen. Everybody good? But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. But it says not only grow in grace, but we've got to grow in the knowledge. The knowledge. This is our knowing. You've got to know some stuff. And you, listen, the knowledge of Jesus and the grace of Christ, it needs to be so precious to me that I'm willing to just let it rule above everything else. When there's a dilemma, when there's a, a crossroads, when there's something that's trying to irritate what I'm believing, my faith, then I've got to let that trump over. It don't matter what I lose. I need to say that again. It don't matter what I lose. I know that God's gain is better than all I could lose. God's gain. Oh, we talked about it. We talked about that Sunday morning, that unjust gain. That's what violence is when you look it up. Unjust gain. And when Eve ate off that tree, she was gaining in an unjust manner. Because she forfeited the avenue that God offered her to gain in a just way before Him, just by obeying His Word. So we've got to know some things. We've got to know some things. I'm going to tell you something. I've been in revival now for over 18 years. I'm not begging God for revival. I'm begging God for revival for the church. But I'm not begging God for revival for me. I hadn't reached a place where I'm perfect. I'm far from it. But I have reached a place that I know Jesus paid it all. And, and, and I've learned where my hiding place is. And I've stuck my head out enough times and got it slapped to, to start hiding a little bit longer in between the times I get flashy enough to stick my head out again. 
I got a hiding place. I'm learning how to stay hidden. I'm learning. I said, there's got to be some knowledge there if you're learning. And again, our learning is through our experience. You get slapped around. What's that song I like so much? Robin wasn't crazy about it. I played it here. My hiding place, something like that. When the devil comes to play or something like that, he got to find somebody else because I'm in the hiding place. What was that guy's name? I can't think of it. Robin said, don't play that no more at church. I said, it was a good one. It's my hiding place. You're learning to stay hidden. That's some knowledge you got to get from the Word, though. You're dead and hidden. That's what your Bible says. I am so amazed at how dumb I can be when the Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God to you, Curtis, because you're saved, and I'll turn right around and try to make something else the power of God. I can read it. I can preach it. I can declare it and say that's it and then turn right around and try to make something else the power of God. I, didn't, I ain't talking about you. I said how dumb I am. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. The only place we can grow is in grace, and grace is free. So then we go out. I agree with that, hallelujah, preacher. Then we go out and try to work ourselves into growth. My Lord. Grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, what have you learned of Jesus? Most of the church thinks they already know everything about him there is to know. What he wants you to learn is how to submit to him, really. And the place we submit to him is the place we submitted the first time we ever did. It's to the gospel. It's to him through faith in what he did at Calvary. Don't, I'm going to make the point. You can't grow outside of grace. This is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons God has ushered the message of the cross back into the church. So we can learn how to live saved. So we can learn where it is we actually grow. We don't grow because we go to church. We don't grow because we read the Bible. We grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Are we growing? Are we growing in grace? Amen. We need to be growing. See, it gets quiet when you start asking questions. We're all growing if you're trusting in what Jesus did at Calvary. One of, that, one of the realizations that you're growing is that things are coming against you. When you start trying to grow, you're going to experience opposition. Amen. You, you, when you start giving your heart to the truth and the way of the cross, everything's going to come against you. The devil don't care if you're talking about the cross. He's the one that put Jesus on it. He was there and he saw it. He lost his power of death there, but he don't want you to know that. And if you don't know that, he'll talk about the cross. He ain't got a problem saying that word. As long as your heart ain't yielded to what that word means, then he's got a problem with it. The message of the cross comes rushing back into the church and a few of God's people in the land will said. That's it right there. I believe that. That's the truth. And you know why? Because I see it right here in my Bible. And you said, Lord, I want this. I want to be like Jesus. And you're showing me the way. Hallelujah. And I want this. And all kind of stuff come against you, come against your ministry, come against you, your family, because you started growing. You start growing. The wind going to start blowing. It's going to blow to break you over. 
Amen. Grow in grace. You're not growing outside of grace. So if you don't know what grace is, you don't know where grace comes from, you can't grow. You're not growing because you go through a hard time. You know the lost world goes through hard times? Let me say it again. The lost world goes through hard times. So do Christians. Spirit-filled, non-spirit-filled, everybody on the planet goes through stuff. It's how we go through it that makes the difference. Hallelujah. It's how we come out the other side. How we come out the other side is determined on how we go through it. We're not just going through stuff. We're growing through stuff. We're growing through stuff. Because we're growing in grace. We're growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we are, to Him be glory. That's not just something good, theological, thrown in at the end of a verse. That's, that's, that's how we glorify Him. We can praise the Lord and praise Him for His precious blood He shed and, and, and get serious in our praise and worship. But then when we leave here, God's going to take us and, and show us. A, uh, he's going to walk us into, through some things. I said God, not the devil. Amen. It's God, the Bible says, that tries us every moment. Job 7, 18. What's he trying? He's trying to see if you'll accept that assigned and designated place where he's delivering you unto, which is death. Why does he have to deliver me to death always so I can get delivered from me always? When do I never not need delivered from me? Never. Amen. Some folk don't like that. We're not going to move away from 2 Corinthians 4.11. That showed up now by the Holy Spirit as a billboard. That right there, that right there is stuck. God put that. He, he, he embroidered that on my mirror. I'm not delivering you anywhere, Curtis, except to the death of my son. Because out of that, the only way you'll experience him in this life. And that right there is how we grow in grace. We don't grow in grace because we're going through something hard. We grow in grace as we go through something hard. We're trusting in what Jesus did. You see, he's the one that tasted death by grace. He tasted death by grace. That's why we're delivered always unto that death so now we can also taste of that death and see that grace and say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it'll be more than a song we sang in church. It'll be that we are tasting and that we are seeing. In spite of the problem that is very real, the grace is greater. Hallelujah. Woo! Don't matter what you're going through. And I know people say, you can get up there and preach all that. It's easier to preach and it's easier to talk about than when you hit that situation. That situation, Lord, ask me, you going to preach this? You going you gonna to believe it or you going to just preach it? You don't think the Lord asked me that? Oh, he'll ask you. He asked me all the time, are you just going to preach this? Lord told me probably four years ago one day, he said, this is more than a message. It's life. Or there ain't none. He told me, he said, this is more than a message. It is a message, but it's a message that brings life. Amen. It's the only message that brings life. All these folk talking about they opened the Bible and read a verse somewhere. If it didn't point them to the cross, I don't care what they say that verse did. I got saved when I opened up the Bible and read Proverbs, blah, blah, blah. If it didn't point them to Calvary, 
They might have got saved, but they had to go to Calvary to get saved. They had to be convicted over what they read that reminded them of what Jesus did or they didn't get saved. You can't get saved without the cross of Christ. Amen. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can't grow outside grace. That's why we got to keep preaching the cross. Grace don't come from nowhere else. God don't. If I decide to go do something, God don't give me grace because I go do it. Even if it's a good deed, good thing, godly thing, I don't get grace when I go do that. I get grace when my faith's in the sacrifice. Now, I'm telling you, church don't like this. The church don't like this. And let me just go ahead and break it to you tonight. I've been telling our folks, and I'll just tell you folks, and you already know this, I'm sure, but everything is moving into a spiritual realm. Everything's moving into a spiritual realm. You're going to start hearing big-time spiritual things on your TVs. Big-time. I was so discouraged. Is that the word? The other night when we were watching, on, we had the news on, and they were big tree lighting ceremony there in, in New York, and they had all the Fox News, uh, whoever they are, people there, anchor, whatever, news people, and they had a, a rabbi there, and they had a, they had like three or four folks of different faiths, and one of the women that's on that Fox News that everybody thinks is just so lovely, and I ain't condemning her, but she said, I'm just so encouraged to have all these here with us of all these different faiths. I'm telling you, folks, there's some stuff coming, and the ground you're standing on is going to be the greatly tested ground. The ground God didn't give you the message of the cross to go get in a cave. He gave you the message of the cross so you could have the spirit of Elijah and be standing because everything is about to get very, very, very spiritual. Very spiritual. Right now, it's just people want to get along and everybody's accepting everybody. When the, and I'm going to tell this story. I told Brother Don the other night, Robin and I moved over here in 1995. We've been over here that long. And when I first came over here, they had in this area a ministerial alliance. And there were preachers from all sorts of different ministries. Dickie might remember it. We all met up there uh, once a month on a Thursday morning at a restaurant and had breakfast and prayed and whatever. And, and uh, the, 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 it was just all everybody like a big melting pot. And, and uh, they said, somebody decided, you know, Lord done said we need to have a big area-wide crusade. And uh, all the, uh, like, spirit-filled folks said, we'll let the, the Baptists and Methodists, and let, we'll let them bring in a speaker this year, and then next year we'll bring in a spirit-filled speaker. And sure enough, they brought in a guy from Shreveport, and I can't remember his name, and, and, uh, and, and man, it was at the football field in Atlanta, and the home side was packed out, praise and worship two hours or longer, and then that guy preached, and people flooded the altar, wanted to be saved. It had that appearance, and it was, hopefully it was so, you know. And, uh, but then it come time the next year for the, the ministerial alliance, for the spirit-filled group of preachers to have their own preacher. And when it come time to, to pick somebody, they did. And when it come time to meet, none of them came. None of them came. It was over. The ministerial alliance just went, 
But that was nothing compared to when the message of the cross began to permeate the airwaves. Division began to take place all over this region. And it was God causing it. See, he's the one who's still dividing light from darkness. You will be accused of causing division, but God is the divider. And in the days ahead, you're going to need to know beyond all doubt what you have received freely of the Lord. You have been saved, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you have been given a message. And through that message, you can see other people saved. You can see the power of God do what the will of God is. And you can stand in the midst of everything that's coming. It is coming. It is coming. And you won't like it. I won't like it. It is coming. I've been telling our folks for years here that God is going to strip this nation of everything we have trusted in because it has not been Him. And God has raised up a remnant of ministers here and there, just here and there, all over the world, little spots, little lights that are proclaiming this truth of Calvary, the exclusivity of it. Every word dipped in the blood. And it's the only place we can grow. You know, if you, if you know that things are coming, and for, just forget all the things that are coming, just the things that are naturally going to come to your life. Hardships. You need to be growing now while you, while you can grow now. You need to be growing now. You need to be intensely, earnestly giving heed to all that you've been hearing the past however many years you've been hearing it. You need to let it sink into your heart. You need to let the Holy Spirit equip you and prepare you. And, you know, you're going to hear lots of people prophesying about lots of different things. And I like what Pastor Preston Nasal said in Ohio a few weeks, a few months ago. He said, while you're out there declaring and decreeing all this stuff, God's still decreeing His righteousness. And that's what we are. We're ministers of His righteousness because only through that righteous message comes the knowledge of who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and how it all works in Christ. That we might know what we have freely received. We're not working for anything. Listen, we're not reaching for nothing but the, but the finish line. We've already been equipped and prepared and He is preparing us even now. More than for what's coming in, on this journey, He's preparing us for His coming. Because He wants our hearts to be full of joy as chaste virgins when He appears instead of us having to be shame, shameful, ashamed. Amen. One more scripture. i got about five minutes. I usually quit at eight. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul says, Yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. For what? For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss 
of all things and do count them but dung that I may win, gain Christ. You see, it's through the knowledge of Christ, but not just knowledge. See, the true knowledge of Christ is a knowledge that excels. That's what the word excellency means. Look at this. Yeah, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge, the knowledge that excels. That's what the excellency means. The knowledge of Christ will excel you into the will of God. Further and further, it will excel. it's the knowledge of Christ that brings the increase. And the word loss there, uh, I count all things but loss. When you look at that word and you look at its meaning, you'll find out that it means, they, this word loss means stuff that's been robbing me anyway. I count it loss because it's been robbing me. It's been preventing me from growing in the knowledge that could have been excelling me, growing me. Where do we grow? In the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You start growing in His grace and His knowledge, then you'll start counting stuff dung. You'll count it dung because it's, it was robbing you anyway. You can't gain Christ without losing something. The world says it right. What does it say? No, no, no pain, no gain. You're not going to gain one thing with Christ if you're not losing something of self. And the cross is what makes the difference because the cross is where we lose everything. Nowhere else. Yeah, doubtless, I count all things but lost. How many things? All things. He wasn't talking about Budweiser and marijuana. He was talking about everything that looked religious that he used to know. Everything that had a right look but was wrong. Everything he'd used the word for out of context. Everything. I count it lost. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss. How much stuff are we losing now? What are we losing now? What's robbing us? And he says, and do count them but done, that I may gain Christ. Christ is gained in us. We gain him through the knowledge of who he is and what he did at Calvary. That is the knowledge that excels us. There ain't no other knowledge you can grow in. You can sit in a church and hear teaching on the rapture for six months and be, be encouraged by it, but you ain't growing. You ain't growing. You can't grow but in grace. And grace don't come from nowhere but Calvary. You can be encouraged by the stories of Jesus and what he did at Calvary, but you wasn't there. You're here. Amen. What's the woman with the issue of blood got to do with you? See, it gets quiet every time I ask that question. Well, what he did for her, he can do for me. You ain't got no him to touch. You got a cross to touch. <laughs> you ain't got no him to touch. 
Why is it so quiet in here? You don't have no hem to touch. If I could only touch the hem of his garment, well, you can't. Your touch on him is through faith in his death. That's your touch on him. That's his touch on you. That's where grace comes from. That's where we grow. That's why he delivers us under there always because he always wants me to grow in the grace that always comes only from there. Hallelujah. Counting it all done. Whatever's behind me, man, it was... It wasn't worth carrying. We going on with Jesus, amen? We going on with Jesus, amen? What's behind us? It done fell off the map. I turn around and look what I see, goodness and mercy. What about all that other stuff? What other stuff? Goodness and mercy done made that stuff disappear. Amen. Well, all that stuff, what stuff? Don't look back. No looking back. Amen. This is not the knowledge of Christ excels us. It don't cause us to go backwards. It excels us. Amen. That we might know. Not wonder about. Not be wishy-washy. Not be double-minded. Sure. Sure. Single-minded. Sure. Amen. You ain't got but one mind. That's the mind of Christ. Glory to God. Would you stand with me tonight? I better quit. We'll go to midnight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, precious Lord. Thank you, precious Lord, for your presence in this place tonight. Thank you for hearts hungry for truth. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to even have a Bible. Thank you for your word that's forever settled in heaven. Help it to become more settled in our hearts. Thank you tonight, Lord God, for what you're saying in these last days, what you're doing in these last few moments of this age before you pull the curtain on this age. We thank you, Lord, for preparing us, equipping us, training us, teaching us the knowledge of Christ, the grace of Christ, teaching us the fear of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your words of life, light, and liberty. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us this evening that we can be sure if you said it, you will perform it if we will believe it. And I thank you for that tonight. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory be to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory be to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us to stand. Help us to be found standing, Lord. Help us to be found standing firm on that solid rock. Lord, thank you. It's not us that don't move. It's that rock. It's this kingdom you brought us into that's unmovable. Help us to stand, Lord, still and see this great salvation at all times. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you need prayer tonight, I invite you to these altars. Come, we'll pray with you tonight if you need us to before we dismiss. I think we're going to eat cake and ice cream when we're done for Sister Carrie's birthday party. But if you need prayer before we dismiss, come. And if not, we'll just pray together right now. Father, we thank you again for what you're doing. Thank you for showing us a little bit of what you're doing.
Thank you for showing us how you're doing it. Thank you for showing us where you'll do it. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for this perfect and finished work of your Son. We thank you for bringing us into the sheepfold and cleaning us up, making us new, getting rid of everything in the old. Thank you, Lord, for the cross where everything perished that was a part of the old and everything that'll be new was made new there. We thank you, Lord, for the precious blood of Jesus shed to justify us. We thank you for the pouring out of our Savior's soul unto death that we might die also and be put away forever. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you tonight for showing us the truth of Calvary and giving us the grace to teach it and to preach it and to sing it, to share it, to live it, that our lives would literally be found before you becoming the gospel. I thank you, Lord, for our visitors tonight. I thank you for the encouragement that you have given us through them, even just coming to be in this place tonight. We pray, Lord, your touch would be upon them, upon the local gathering you've given them there in Palestine. Lord, we thank you that in the days ahead, though they be dark, your light outshines all the darkness, sets the darkness to a runaway. We thank you, Lord, for your love. Oh, that love that you shed abroad in our hearts. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, for what you'll do in the days ahead. What you'll show us in the Word in the days ahead. The changes you'll make in us, in our families, in our ministries. We thank you for a spirit of unity in the days ahead. The church really has never fully known. We thank you for that unity of the faith of your Son. We pray your touch be upon each of us tonight. As we prepare to leave this place, we leave with our hearts full of joy, knowing that you brought us from the place where we were learning just about everything that could be learned. But the result of it was not the fruit of Christ. But now through the great truth of Calvary, the learning that we receive of you results in the expression of our Savior. Growth becoming more like Him. Loving more like Him. Bringing the message of truth more like Him. Warning more like Him. All that He is and all that He does, we thank You tonight. We thank You, Lord. And I pray that every night when we lay down in our beds, we would lay down with great assurance that no matter what happened in that day, you're still there and you've not changed and the plan hasn't changed. And you're still faithful. Another day that we can look back in spite of everything else we'll see, help us to see above all things your goodness and your mercy. It's in the name of Jesus we pray tonight. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. It's been a joy to share the word with you tonight. It's good to see you. Stick around for some refreshments and just a short time of fellowship, if you will. God bless you.